Speaking to you from uh, Bluffers Park. I've not recorded a Baby Sally Talks podcast for uh, two months. Very proud of that. And I'm going to talk about that on the next episode. This episode is just going to be about PodCamp Toronto. Uh, PodCamp Toronto 2016. I'll put a hashtag up and uh, I'll uh, hope that maybe a few people who didn't attend my session but might have been interested in hearing what I had to say on my podcast called, on my presentation called Personal Podcasting, Who Cares? We'll tune in. So this, the the recording of my presentation, the audio recording, will be at the end of this podcast, and this is basically just an intro. I do this every year when I go to PodCamp. I just sort of try and do a review of the weekend, usually on the Monday after, and today is the Monday after PodCamp. And uh, give it just a few of my feelings about it, my thoughts, my insights. And uh, that's what I'm going to share with you now and then uh, when I'm finished this part. Maybe I'll put in a song or not, I don't know. And um, give you the unedited recording of my presentation. So, welcome if there are any new listeners. Um, I somehow... Well, there may be. Who knows? Who knows, eh? Put up enough hashtags and somebody will find it. Okay. Um, the weekend. Weather was perfect, unbelievable. People came up from Montreal. I said, wow, look what we laid on for you because there was sunshine. I'm looking, I'm in the park now and there was no snow. I mean, it was warm. It was like spring had come. And uh, that's in contrast to other years because we always hold this in February uh, when there has been a bitter cold wind and a lot of snow, and it's been a nasty Canadian winter. So uh, that was a, that was kind of a bonus. Uh, we were eating lunch outside. Um, a tip for anybody going, you can go out to lunch. You can walk over to Young Street. There's tons of places to eat if that's your thing, but you could also walk across the street from Ryerson, where we hold the pod camp, uh, to the Metro store and pick up a very decent lunch at a very reasonable price. I had sushi the first day, and the second day I had uh, uh, chicken Thai wraps, and they were fabulous, and that cost $4, and bam, you're got, good to go. And then you can take it back into the building and sit there and talk with somebody. As I had the pleasure of talking to Lily, cute little Lily. I hope she doesn't mind me saying that. <laughs> I, I was happy every time she walked by. She's a little pixie and, uh, <laughs> and always has a wonderful smile. Thank you, Lily. You, you brightened up my weekend. Uh, she was one of the organizers, and, and it was her first year, I guess, to be on, and she was just running around. So before anything else, a huge thank you to uh, John Lashinsky, also known as Picard 102, and his team... Uh, including his girlfriend, who did an awful lot, Jennifer Langtree, who did an awful lot in the background, uh, just 
organizing. And I, I don't think enough people appreciate how much work goes in, goes in to laying on a full two-day conference, uh, the amount of work and detail and planning and clean up before and after and all the other crap with very few volunteers. Uh, congratulations. Damn it, my phone is ringing. Uh, I will just pause for a second if you don't mind. Thank you. No, I'm going to let it ring. Call back later. Um, so that was the, the first off, uh, that a thank you to the organizers. They pulled it off. This was the 10th anniversary of PodCamp Toronto. So there was a very good session sort of reviewing. Uh, Jay Muna sort of led it. Connie Crosby was there and uh, John Lashinsky uh, talking about the past 10 years. And it was great in the background. There were sometimes pictures going up of all the people on the teams of past years and uh, all that they had contributed and their their feelings about how it's changed. There's always been this debate. In the beginning, it, it was about podcasting, or that's what we thought it was. That was the original PodCamp Boston was about when it was a thing, right? It was huge, uh, but in its infancy. And gradually over time, it seemed the social media gurus and the marketers and those who are pitching products, not just infiltrated, but took over. And there were fewer and fewer sessions about podcasting. Well, by then, everybody knew how to podcast, and, and so uh, there wasn't all that much people felt who they had to say about it. And we've sort of come back again, uh, thanks to the efforts of people like Anthony Marco, who said there's got to be a podcasting stream. Uh, so I was invited to speak and did my presentation, which you will hear if you keep listening to this. And I felt very, very good. So let me get mine out of the way. I'm always a little, you know, apprehensive, a little nervous. I hope this goes well. And it's not just I'm, I'm not shy of public speaking. I mean, I teach for a living, and, and I'm used to being in front of people. But I always want it to be of a certain level. I have expectations. I want it to be good. I want people to walk away. It's like this podcast. I want people to like it. I think that's it. And it's simple. I mean, hey, who doesn't? Who goes up there hoping people won't like it? Nobody. But that creates a little level of anxiety, and, and uh, so I tended to talk a little bit faster than I normally would. I didn't take enough pauses. I didn't give time for questions. I just barreled on through. But, uh, hey, in the end, it is what it is, and uh, I think I got my points across. Uh, so um, I hope you do have a listen, even those of you who already know me and know what I have to say and what my take is on podcasting. I was basically pitching the love of personal podcast and the freedom it expresses and the importance for us to drop our guard and be ourselves. So there is, that, that's it in a nutshell. Um, I went to other presentations, of course. There were panels, and the panels are always interesting. There was one on entrepreneurs, uh, not entrepreneurs, sorry, freelancers uh, by a group of women. There was another women in podcasting panel. Uh, I went on one on community, and it was almost like a university presentation of, okay, this is this is how you define community, this is how you build community, this is what you have to do. Very well done, very professional, very well researched, and uh, worth, worth attending. But to most of us who are regulars at PodCamps, it's the Saturday night party. So Friday night, there's always a, a meet and greet at the upstairs on the uh, at the Imperial Pub, which is close to Ryerson, easy meeting place across the street from the Bond Hotel, where a lot of people stay. 
great for out-of-towners. You arrive on the Friday afternoon and already you got a party going, very informal, um, and everybody gets excited. Okay, Friday, Friday, it's starting early, so you make the trip in and you see your old friends. And I'm always delighted when uh, people like Bob Goyetch and uh, Sylvain Grandmaison come in from Montreal and other out-of-towners, people from Ottawa, uh, and of course, the Niagara Peninsula, we had some newbies from there. Uh, and that's great. And this is just a social time. The problem is, this: you see other old friends, the problem is it gets very hard to talk. You get stuck in the seating position and you might hear the person beside you, but you're not going to hear the one across the way. And uh, so, you know, that's, of course, that comes with age. But it's a wonderful uh, institution. It's a tradition, the Friday night. I wouldn't miss it at all. Uh, worth coming in as long as you can get back up. You don't stay too late, don't get too drunk, and uh, you can come back in the next morning for the start of pod camp. <sighs> Sessions, gee, I, I really can't talk too many because <laughs> already it's a bit of a fog. You know, what else did I go to? Hmm. Um, oh, the CBC one was interesting, actually. Two ladies from uh, CBC who do a podcasting show uh, talking about how they select podcasts, what they look for, and so on. And that was interesting. And at the end, what was really neat was when they um, pointed out or they were told by somebody that, hey, you got Anthony Marco here who puts out about a dozen podcasts growing every day. Uh, the um, A person you really should talk to. And Bob, the, uh, you know, podcasting uh, pioneer from Montreal, from the uh, the Bob and EJ show. I think the third podcaster in Canada. That's what's down on record, and that's uh, that is a claim to fame. We did collectively refer to ourselves uh, as podcasting royalty at the Saturday party, and um, it was funny because nobody else would have known that. Nobody else knew who we were. We know we have a history, uh, and the history of a lot of these people goes back to other traditions like PAB. Podcasters Across Borders, uh, which was started around the time of uh, PodCamp, was held in Kingston and later Ottawa. And so there was a crew of people who became very tight over those 10 years. It was very intimate. It was very small. PodCamp, you know, goes up to a 1,000 people. This year the attendance was down, or I think maybe 400, I don't know, or less. Uh, smaller attendance at the sessions. Um, and we have to address how we're going to fix that if, if it's necessary to fix that. Anyway, what I'm getting at is the Saturday party sitting at a huge table in the center of the room that just kept getting added on to, of people like, uh, Rob and uh, Catherine, uh, Matthews who, uh, Rob Lee, Catherine Matthews, who pabsters would know. Uh, Rob was of course, uh, a very key part of the uh, pod of the podcamp team and looking after the finances and getting it on the road and going and uh, seeing that everything was running smoothly in the past um, and so this group formed itself and, and this is one of the issues I want to get at that we all wanted to see each other we knew who was coming we had all been back channeling on Twitter and so on about hey see you then and uh, what time are you meeting and so on and it forms almost a closed group. And I think that's something we always have to be careful about because it's very hard for people to get into that. And it becomes, incestuous is not a good word to use here, but 
harder for, for, for somebody else to be welcomed in or become part of that group. I was delighted when one young lady from another table said, that table looks interesting, the one we were at, and just sat down and joined us and got involved in conversations with uh, Brent, the closet geek, also at the table, holding court. Uh, he was uh, in his prime uh, Friday and Saturday and did a podcast on the Sunday. I'm dropping a lot of names here because that's what this is about. It's about the connections, the friendship, the, the people you build up over the year. But I don't want to neglect people who came out for the first time and said, what a fabulous conference. Somebody in particular whose name I should have, and I apologize, I don't, who um, runs sort of a collective in St. Catharines, I believe, where people can work together and uh, a co-op work-share place who had a lot of interesting things to say. And to get somebody new um, and hear their impressions and hear how much they like it, that's very important. And we need to be do a better job at welcoming those people into our group. You know, there should be every second chair should be empty so that uh, we're not just talking to ourselves. And uh, the trouble is, we know who we are. We do not want any hucksters in the group. We do not want people selling things. We do not want to spend our time with marketers. And so uh, that's part of the problem, right? We know each other. We, We want to catch up. We don't see each other except for once or twice a year sometimes, and uh, that that's why. <sighs> the that was wonderful. Uh, there was a, a concert on the Saturday night. Jay and um, Jay Muna, who is always been, a, he was the first organizer of on the team for uh, PodCamp from the very first one, uh, but is also a fine guitarist and ukulele player. Uh, and musician, and he and Amaya got together for kind of a reunion. It was Jay and Amaya up there playing and singing songs, and it was uh, it was wonderful. It was very warm and friendly and fun. Amaya sort of lit up our table when she decided to join us at the end, and uh, certainly had everybody's attention for uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rice, who uh, we don't see very often, who was, uh, I guess, the technical whiz behind a lot of things, keeping networks and so on going, amongst many other things. Very, very interesting guy. You'd know him by uh, a very long, crazy beard. Uh, and wonderful, absolutely, to uh, to hook up with him as well. Uh, John Meadows, as always. Uh, God, I'll probably, if I have to go through the whole name list, I'm going to uh, leave them off. And I know for people who don't know them, this is boring. But what I'm telling you is there are some, if you are new, approach some of the people who appear to be old friends and say, hey, can I come in? That may be hard. And (laughs) I hope that um, you'll be uh, welcomed with open arms. I think that's, that's the intent of the socializing and the networking, and that's how we began to connect, you know, 10 years back. Um, a little note on, on that. I was riding back on the uh, train on the Saturday night. Now, I had had several pints. One of the things about the Saturday night party, which I'm still talking about, by the way, uh, is there's free beer and free food. Now, the food is nachos and pizza, and that's fine, and it's a bit of a pig fest there. But that by the end of the evening, there's leftovers because everybody picked out in the first round and went home. Um, and then beer tickets and the, uh, the, the Ram in the Rye, I think that's what it's called. The Ryerson pub had an amazing collection of beer on tap, like steam whistle, 
uh, Cremor, uh, Wellington, uh, Bose for six dollars. Now you don't get that in Toronto. You know, we were paying $8 and something at the uh, Imperial for a place that I'm pretty sure never cleans their taps. And uh, I felt pretty rough the Saturday morning of my talk, thanks to a few pints at the Imperial. But let's put that aside. Still a good place to go, you know. Um, on the way home on the Saturday night, and I, I also self-medicate, right? I have a vaporizer, and uh, you can just step outside the pub, have a, have a toke, come back in, and... Suddenly, you've got a whole new round of conversations going that seem to be a lot more interesting than the ones before. Uh, that's just my secret. I, and I get myself to a very nice point. And by the end of the night, fortunately for me, I, I am maturing. And I had a glass of water, ice water at the end, rather than taking one of the free, free beer tickets that were in my hand and getting yet one more pint. And I'm so glad I did that. So coming back on the subway, well-primed, feeling great. It's a nice young lady sitting in the seat sort of diagonal from me. And I just smiled at her. She looked friendly. She looked nice. And uh, wasn't hiding behind a book or, uh, you know, earbuds. And I said, so, did you have a good evening? And she said, yeah, I did. How was yours? And I said, well, I just came back from PodCamp. And we talked for the rest of the trip. And it was wonderful. And she got off and we had warm smiles. We shook hands. I mean, I could have hugged her, but that might have been pushing it. But it was delightful, and we, we talked about each other. We talked about, my goodness, American politics, the field of education today, a number of things. And it was just that little effort on my part to say, hey, hi. And you don't you don't hit up on the wrong people, and you don't bug people who don't want to be bugged, and it's, it's quite clear. You read the body language first. But this was one of the themes in my talk. We don't do this often enough. We're closed off. And the subway ride for her and for myself was so much more pleasant and fun and friendly simply because of making that little effort that too many of us are too afraid to do, especially in a city like Toronto. So there's my little plug. And that was one, i tell you the truth, that was one of the highlights of the weekend because I like to do that. And I think it's important to do that. Um, and that's why I'm pointing out that I'm a little concerned about how closed our inner circle uh, has become. And, uh, you know, I want people to be aware of what is it we can do to make sure other people. Now, I've said that. Uh, Anthony holds an event in the summer at the Marshall McLuhan Roundtable discussions in uh, uh, Hamilton. And we have welcomed in new people we've only met through podcasting uh, who've come up from the States and who feel very welcome and who immediately feel part of the group. So it is possible. It isn't the case of you have to have been at the first PAB, okay? That's not what it's about. It's just about letting your guard down, and most of us do that through personal podcasting. We reveal who we are, and then we already know, hey, I think I like this person. I like the fact that they're trying their best to be honest and open and unguarded. So there you go. That's uh, that's revisiting the theme again. Um, I don't know how much more I have to say about it. I, I think I've probably uh, dragged this on for long, long enough. I have told people uh, at my presentation that I just hit record and start talking. I'm usually good for 20 minutes, and we're almost at that 20-minute mark now. So, uh, again, a thank you to the organizers. If you are well, enjoyed PodCamp, and you want to be involved, get in touch with uh, 
at Picard 102. You've got to prove your worth. It's not a question of, yeah, I want to be part of the inner circle. I want to join the team, and then you don't fucking do anything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because a lot of people like to volunteer to get their name out there, and then they just become a drag. Don't do that. you got to have something to offer, and you got to pull your weight. So uh, the, the team is not looking for people just to get their name in there. They're looking for people who truly have a vision, who truly believe in the importance of something like a free event. Although, putting my hand up now, I say keep the party at the Ram Saturday night. Forget the free food. Have them open the kitchen if at all possible. They may not want to, but I would say push and work on that so that people can buy food and the pub can make money and give one free drink ticket. And the rest of people can certainly afford to pay the $6 for a good pint of beer if they want more. Um, It does not have to be free everything at PodCamp. Uh, And further to that, I say charge dollars $20 max to attend PodCamp Toronto so that people who sign up actually come. People, you sign up and you pay, and that money will go towards offsetting the very heavy cost, $5,000 minimum with nothing just to keep to hold this thing, never mind parties and beer, $5,000 and can creep up a lot more, a lot higher. It's very hard to get sponsors for obvious reasons because there's a lot, a lot of return on what it costs to uh, to pay for this. So you got to pull your weight. So I'm in favor of my vote next year, 11th, make it a, uh, a pay event. And uh, still put on those things and uh, do it as wonderful as it has been done. Hold it the same weekend in February. And uh, see you then. Approach me. I'm friendly. I'm Ken. And uh, be very pleased. If you have any feedback or any comments you'd like to actually say about PodCamp, I, this will be posted on a, a blog spot, uh, babysallytalks.blogspot.com, I guess. Uh, go there. And uh, post something. Post your name. Post a comment. Give some feedback or send in some audio feedback. Well, no, I'm not going to play it on my next show because my next show is going to be for my regular Baby Sally listeners talking about my two-month hiatus from uh, podcasting, what I learned on my journey to Australia and Bali, and uh, getting back to being the regular guy that I usually am on the uh, Baby Sally or Dixon Jeans podcast. Thank you for listening. And I hope you had fun at Bogcamp if you went, and hope if you didn't go that you find something of interest in my talk. Uh, This is Ken from Bluffers Park, signing off. Bye for now. Yes, me already. Yeah. I agree to the people's style. Yeah, ma. I, I, I agree. And that is the reason why my eyes are turning red It's going through my head, I'm feeling red Every time I get to split, oh, if I got to have it I need I boy It's going through Bye.
雨が舞った二服目決めればフラフラチャリスで行くなりゃそりゃあんた頭から玉バラバラ種がないのは先生みんなキュアに熟したカンボリア今流行りのそのガンジャハイグレイドって知ってるかい And if you get invited, we'll be heading down now. Where's lay back, relieve the stress? Oh, yes, they will not legalize it. They know we'll rip the profit away. Smoking, I agree. It's going through my head. Teacher, you're probably hungry. Teachers have to start on time. I'm sorry. I apologize.、Um, I want to give just a word of warning. Some, I see some familiar faces. If anybody doesn't know me,、um, I'm going to talk about personal podcasting. I feel very strongly about this, and I, I think I'm going to try and explain over the course of this time what it's about, why I'm doing it, why I feel so committed to it. Um, but a couple of warnings. First of all, I'm feeling really shitty right now, so I don't, I'm not going to have my normal sparkle and shine that you sometimes get, especially after I've had a couple of tokes. I'm usually there.、Um, I blame it on the, I used to think it was just the food, 
at the Imperial Pub that was shitty. Now I think their beer is shitty too. So that's got me feeling a little rough today. And the second qualification is that I've been smoking pot for 47 years. I'm proud of it. I now have a doctor's prescription. But it does mean that sometimes I get a little sidetracked. And I may be sort of straying away. I've tried to organize myself today by putting up some slides that will sort of bring me back on track. But uh, who's to say where this is going to go and so on. So if anybody is really looking for a podcast that's tight, like the one I just sat in on in Community, this is not going to be it. Um, and we'll just sort of see where it gets to on that, all right? So the topic, I only decided on this gee, about a week or two ago when I was in Vancouver on holiday. And uh, so I sort of slapped it together. I don't really know how it's going to play out. And I came up with this idea um, of what I do and people like me uh, do. I call it personal podcasting. Some people call it unprofessional. Some call it amateur but it's podcasting, and I'm using this term, personal podcasting, as a solo podcaster. That's somebody who does it on their own, uh, not for any monetary gain, and certainly not to sort of expand and, and get your name out there and make a big deal and, and make a career out of this thing. I'm doing it purely as a hobbyist. I think it's an absolutely fantastic hobby. It's cheap. You just need a recorder like the one I've got here. Uh, very, very little equipment. You can do it wherever you want, and I'll get on to that a little bit later. Um, the subtitle, Who Cares, uh, is a question I'd kind of like to explore. A lot of people simply don't care because there's no meaning to it. There's no monetary gain. There's no set purpose. So, you know, how much are you gaining from it? And I want to explore that topic as well. Do people really care about it? Uh, I certainly care. I have a few listeners who I've had for a long time who've cared, and I'm grateful for them today. A uh, little bit of history, I guess. I started, I think I put out my first podcast in the spring of 2005. So it was in pretty early, or 2000, yeah, five, four, five, early. Um, I heard about this thing in the Wired magazine, so that sounds really interesting. I tuned in, I listened to uh, a podcast from Montreal uh, called The Bob and AJ Show. Bob is sitting right there in the audience. And I thought, this is really cool. It's, it's kind of like FM radio used to be. You're just hearing people can, it's, can talk, they can laugh. They're, they're, it's not like radio is today. It's all structured and uh, uh, pre-programmed. And I love the intimacy of it. But that's really, really, really cool. So when I was listening to Bob and AJ, I thought, you know, I might like to do one too. So I wrote in a, I sent in a comment. I actually recorded a comment. Uh, and I think it was, hey guys, enjoying the show. Thanks for setting the bar so low that anybody can join in. And I, I kind of meant that as a backhanded compliment. Uh, I don't know how it was taken. Uh, but that really was the idea that, hey, you guys have made it seem like it's fun, it's easy, you don't need to be professional, even though these guys had a radio background and so on. They made it accessible. They made it something, a feel like anybody could join. And um, so Bob, on his show, called out, I think he took it the way it maybe wasn't intended, as a bit of an insult. Some asshole in Toronto was calling him out on his shitty show. That, that's not the intention at all. 
And uh, he said, hey, Scarborough dude, why don't you put out your own show? And from that moment on, that was the challenge. And I did start at that time. And uh, I'm grateful. I thank you, Bob, today for uh, starting me on a 10-year path of something called the Dixon James Podcast. Uh, I started at that time. I went on for a full 10 years. I did uh, just over 500 episodes. Well, I stopped at 500, but there was a few more snuck in there. And uh, put it to rest. And I'm gonna, So what I'm talking about today is maybe referring back to that time, that 10-year period of what I've done. So I've got a, a bit of a track record. I was very, very excited to be part of the early podcasting community. Uh, I think one of my claim to fame to this day, uh, I think I was the first person to live recording taking a piss in the snow. Uh, and I thought, hey, nobody else has done that yet on podcasting. This is kind of cool. It was winter and I needed a leak and I was in the middle of talking and I thought, well, why not? And uh, the audio was pretty good. The snow was melting. You get a bit of a sizzle and so on. And, and that was the, uh, you know, those are the kind of things you could do back then. Now nobody would pay any attention. I mean, everybody's podcasting everywhere. But being in on those early days was pretty exciting. And, and you felt a sense of uh, connectedness with other people. And people actually posted comments or called you out on something. It doesn't happen much now. You might get a couple of Twitter comments that are just in passing. So th that had a, a big impact, that sense of community and uh, joining in. So that's a preamble. Now you sort of get a sense of who I am, where I'm coming from. If anybody wants to leave right now, please feel welcome. Um, I'm going to see if this actually works, if I can actually forward slides on uh, using this. doesn't seem to want to right now. All right, close that. Close that. Maybe I have to do it the old-fashioned way. Of um, just give me a minute. I'm I'm old. I'm allowed these. Just fucking move for Christ's sake. Right? All right. Oh yeah. By the way, swearing alert. I do swear. I have a I have a potty mouth. I use a lot of bad language, and you're going to hear a lot of that here. So uh, if that bothers you, too fucking bad. <laughs> Come on, for Christ's sake. Nothing is moving. Isn't it just this? It's a little button. Did he all right. I've already done all that. I've already done all the stuff I'm supposed to do. Give me one little second. Can you turn it on? Twitter keeps fucking it up. Close. There. You got it. Oh, all right. I did it. Thank you. I don't know how it did it. Um, this has nothing to do with the topic I'm trying to get onto today, but it's something I've only recently found out. I feel I have to explore it a little bit. I think I said my podcast was personal. One of the reasons I started it was I thought this will be therapy for me. If I can do 10 years, I put out a podcast every week, 60 minutes every week. Um, and I, my God, if I just keep doing this, I thought maybe by the time I got to 60 episodes, I will have gained some kind of enlightenment or some kind of understanding. Kept going to 100, nothing's happening yet. Kept going, eventually hit 500 and did not get that state of nirvana and uh, understanding. But I did find out pretty recently from three different sources um, that people told me I was passive aggressive. Now, I've, I've got a, a BA in psychology. Um... <laughs> I've 
I've studied counseling. I've got a counseling certificate. I'm a trained mediator. I still don't know what this really means. It's something that sort of I'm, I'm working on, but I've heard it from enough people to think there's something there I should be paying attention. So I, I'd be quite happy to spend the next half hour talking about what this means, but that's maybe a little off topic. So we'll leave that for now. Um, I'm, I, as I say, I'm, I'm a teacher part-time at a community college, and, I, and I want, I'll just jump back a minute. When I was given the name Scarborough Dude, it helped me because I could hide my true identity. Today I've come out as Ken Bull. I have another identity. I teach at a college. If anybody at my college, any of the people who hire, had heard some of the things I say, I bet I had a hard time getting hired back the next term. So I'm going to come back to that point about um, the identity and so on. Um, this passive-aggressive thing. I don't know, maybe tonight, for everyone having a beer, maybe somebody can clue me in. I know, Brent, you know, I think you were probably one of the first people to accuse me of that. Fuck you. Um, I was mentioning being a teacher. Teacher, one of the things you need is you need to engage your audience. You need a little bit of feedback. So I'm going to ask you something now. I apologize in advance. Some of you won't like this. But it would make me feel a lot better, a lot more relaxed, if I could get all of you at the count of three to scream out, fuck you. Okay, I'm just going to ask that if you're, if you're not comfortable with this, do what we did in high school, just do a little cough, fuck you, something like that, or I'd prefer just a good laugh. And so, uh, Brent, could you do a countdown, three, two, one, and uh, lead the audience for me? Uh, three, two, one, fuck you! Oh, honestly, that just fills me with joy. Thank you, I feel a lot better. Well, you can do it during the course of the event and so on as we move on, but uh, let's move from there. Uh, let's get on to the meat. I've actually tried, as I said, to talk about things that I like. Oh, too far. Now the buttons are working too fast, all right? All right. Passive-aggressive. Fuck you. Uh, we've done that. Here we are. Ten great things about podcasting. I did this, and I just this is just off the top of my head, um, because a lot of people I know when I hear about it, they're talking about sitting at their computer, trying to line up guests, trying to get everything organized, trying to get that mixer that's better than the mixer somebody else has. Are we back to ten again? Come on. Here. What I like about it is do it when you want and if you want. I put out a podcast every week, but it doesn't matter to me what day it is, and I don't care if my listeners word, oh, it's got to be every Monday, there has to be a new show, or a Saturday morning, or whatever. Um, I recorded, my method of recording was, I'd just pick up this beautiful little uh, Olympus. I started off using a, um, an iPod for the recorder, a Griffin mic on top. I had a, an iRiver. <coughs> doesn't matter about the equipment. Something portable, put in your pocket. And I usually just drive to a park, someplace comfortable, and um, when the mood strikes me, bam, just start recording. Uh, the method I've had, which has actually worked very well, and I do recommend it for anybody, is don't think about it, don't prepare notes, just simply hit record. Give yourself 60 seconds, get comfortable, get your coffee beside you, whatever, hit record, and go on. And I can talk for a good 20 minutes, People who listen to my show on double or quadruple speed will know. Um, and the thing about it is it, it gets out. You don't know where you're going. It's exciting as a podcaster because you don't know what's coming next. I have no idea. 
Uh, sometimes I'll start, I'll have the radio on, I'll have CBC News in the background, I might record that. There might be somebody, of, you know, how many people had their legs blown off in Afghanistan or something. I'll get very upset, very disturbed, and that might be the, the thread I'll start off on. Uh, and then you sort of get to some other place in this conversation. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to do. It takes a little practice, but it's, it's, it's satisfying. And it's actually very good. It's actually made me a better teacher because I can think on my feet. So, great thing, do it when you want. If you don't feel like doing it, you don't fucking do it. You just, you just don't. And, and I found every week, as I, as I got into this habit of doing it on a 10-year weekly basis, I just needed to, to vent, to get something out. So, first thing, don't sit there and say, okay, Monday I've got to have this person, and so on. If, if that's not your style, personal podcasting, that's what I'm talking about, especially if you're solo you're not obliged to connect with anybody else. You don't need a lot of equipment. Go to a park, go to some comfortable place, and just start doing it. And if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it that day. Just move on. So my podcast consisted of usually about three segments done during the course of a week. And at the end of it, I slap them into GarageBand, pick out tunes from my favorite music to maybe join the pieces together. Maybe there's a similar theme in a song that fits the theme that I was talking about and cement it all together. And at the end, you've got a 60-minute podcast that uh, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of people listen to. Um, minimal gear. I've already mentioned that. It, I start off, as I say, uh, an iPhone with a recorder. It worked. It was good enough. The iRiver, if anybody goes back to the old days, those are collector's items now. They'll be in museums and people will be wanting I got two of them. But they were beautiful. They were just small, one little battery, and... Air headphones, and it, it just worked beautifully. You didn't even need a mic. It was all built in. Um, so you don't need all that. So if you're thinking if anybody here, I, I assume everybody here is already podcasting, and I was hoping I'd have a few people who haven't, but my, my point is you don't need a big investment. It's a cheap hobby. Okay? Um, come on, you little fucker. There we go. Uh, in Bruce public speaking, well... I may have, you may question that from uh, what I'm doing right now, but <laughs> it, it did help me as a teacher, thinking on your feet. I'm, I'm lazy, I'm old now, right? I'm 67 years old. I don't like doing lesson planning and all the crap that you've got to do to teach. I just want to be able to walk into the classroom and talk. I can do that now much better than I used to as a result of 10 years of uh, practice um, because you know if you're just recording and you're going, ah, 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 it, it gets to be dull listing. I don't do any editing, so I wouldn't cut those things out. So the more you do it, the better you do get at being able to stand in front of people and uh, make a go of it with minimal effort. And the confidence certainly comes with that. You get a little more uh, adept at putting on whatever it is you have to do. Like I say, I can go in and I can wing a, a presentation pretty easily. I don't know if today will prove that or not. Uh, provides most of this one may be one of the more most important things. Um, I get really stressed out by a lot of things. I'm, I'm, I guess I could say I'm a, I wouldn't say a child of the 60s, but I was very much influenced by the 1960s. And there was that little window in 1967 of, wow, we're going to make it a better world. There's hope, there's peace, there's love. There's, we're going to stop the war in Vietnam, and everything's going to be wonderful. And then you listen to the news today, and you feel really shitty. I think I feel, I feel bad for a lot of younger people who are growing up, I think, in a darker time. Now, that may be just my perspective, because I'm old now. 
But I think it is a very, very dark time in history. And I know I, I'm very happy when people challenge me on that and say, no, that's bullshit. It's actually, things are better now. And, and I, I'm happy to hear that. But for myself, when I hear about some of the things that are happening in the world, I lived in Nigeria for two years. I, I just, I love just the memory. And this goes back 40 years, 30 years. I feel so connected to Nigeria. And when I hear about a bomb going off in a market, and I can picture exactly where that market is up in Kano or Maduguri, and I know what those people look like, and I know what those little children look like, and when I think of them having their heads or legs or arms blown off, and I feel much more sorry for the survivors who've been mangled, it's upsetting. It's really disturbing. Well, what do you do with that? Where do you park it? And when I say it bothers me, I mean, it really, really, really does upset me a lot. And I found the podcast was just an amazing thing. And this is where maybe where the therapy part comes in. To unload, to dump some of that, to get it out, to scream, to shout. Uh, I don't think I've cried on the podcast. I'm only starting to cry again, fortunately. And that was when I gave up podcasting. Um, but you need that outlet. And personal podcasting, it's your voice. And it doesn't matter if anybody's listening or not listening, you're, you've got it out of your system. You're feeling a little bit of release uh, from that stress. So, highly recommended. I don't know how the rest of you deal with your anger, your frustration, and so on. Um, I was in the um, hospital uh, last, actually this week earlier. I just had to pick up some MRI CDs. There's a guy in front of me at the pay ticket. If you're in less than 15 minutes, you don't pay for the parking. I hate paying for parking, so... This guy in front of me, he's paid for his parking, and he stands there, and he's anal retentive. He gets his wallet out, and he's got to take everything and put it in the right place in his wallet. And I'm standing there. I think I'm probably about 13 minutes now, you know. I've got to walk back to my car. Am I really going to get the free parking? Or is this asshole, like the guys who don't turn on the advanced green signal in front of me, ruin it for me? It builds up. might sound like a really small thing. I'm getting pissed. I'm saying, for fuck's sake, man. Jesus, I'm saying it under my breath. But Jesus Christ, just fucking take your wallet, get out of there, tidy it up later. But he's got to do every little button, every little card. And I'm just steaming. I'm that kind of person, right? The pressure's building up. You podcast, you get rid of it. You call him an asshole. You call the other driver who doesn't turn fast enough an asshole. And it's gone. It's out of your system. Ah, it's a therapy. I'm trying to do it now, too, because I'm feeling a little bit of tension. Okay, health clarify values. This is an important one, too. Um, sometimes I don't know what I believe until I've actually said it. And the wonderful thing about this is you can make a statement. You can re you're recording it. You're saying, God damn it, that's wrong, or whatever. And maybe after you've heard it, you've got it out of your system, you might go, wait a minute now. There's another way to look at this. I don't think that's true at all. I don't think I really feel that. I thought I felt that. That was my old feeling. But now that I've said it, I'm starting to correct myself. You're sort of doing a lot of adjustment on what are your values? What are your beliefs? What are your positions on certain things? How do you really feel about Donald Trump? Um, so, again, one of those, these are kind of abstract things. But I'm going from this history that these are the things, I didn't go in planning to do these things. These are things that came out as a result of this 
doing it for so long that you actually do get to <coughs> examine. And you don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what you're feeling until you've expressed it. You get it out of your system, and then you can weigh it a little better. Do I really feel that? Is it sitting with me, or, or is it something else? So you, it helps clarify your values, your positions, the things you care about, you might know a little better. Let's see. Five. Helps transform ideas to reality. I'll hold in front of you. Um, I'm going to tease you a bit. This is by, this is Dixon James, the zine. Dixon James, my former podcast. This is by invitation only. You can't have it, right, unless you're invited. So you can throw that out there. Talk to $12 a year if you're in Canada. Talk to me tonight. This is the commercial part, Bob. Yes, you're right. I thought I'd sneak this in. Um, where did this come from? Well, I did this twenty. I did this ten years ago. I had for twenty years. I had a zine called Dixon James until people just got tired of it. And said I don't care anymore. And uh, who are all these people you're meeting online? These internet people. I don't trust them. They're not my friends. And so I just I stopped it. But in the middle of a podcast, I started thinking about it as I'm recording. I started thinking about, geez, you know. Maybe now's the time to bring back that Dixon Jane zine. And once the, the thought is expressed, it can come around with it. It's that little seed, you know, and you start playing with it and you start letting it grow and, whoa, um, bringing it to life. And now in front of me, I've got these wonderful things. I'm thrilled about it. And I know for a fact I would not have been redoing this zine. Uh, this is. Issue number three is coming out soon. Speak, speak to me tonight if you see me in the bar. I've got a few extra copies here, if you're nice. There's only one rule, no jerks. No jerks, please, and after that. But it's an example of something that arose out of just a conversation, just talking, just thinking about something, and suddenly, oh, you know, I could do that again. That might be fun. And it came to life. And again, if, you don't, if you're not doing this kind of thing, I find for me the recording, the talking... The exploring ideas actually creates something very real. And uh, I'm very happy about that. Can impact, influence, or inspire others? I am very, very proud to say that um, there's a few people, maybe only three, but people who've actually started podcasting after listening to mine and, and on their first one saying, hey, Thanks, dude. I was going by the name Scarborough Dude back then. Thanks, dude. Like, I listened to you the same way Bob got me started. Um, that you can actually touch somebody's life, have an impact. And there are a few people out there who actually, as a result of what I did, have decided, hey, I think I want to try that. That sounds like fun. And again, maybe, like I said to Bob, I set the bar low enough that nobody's intimidated. Anybody can do it. Um, so you can have an impact on somebody's life just by some of the things you say. Maybe the topic. I, I do get feedback. Hey, I agree with what you said about this. I, I feel that, that kind of anxiety too or whatever it is. Uh, you can have an influence maybe in their ideas. Maybe uh, if you're talking about a particular uh, topic, it could be political, could be religious, could be anything. Or even inspire. Get somebody else to say, I'm going to try and I'm going to take this to another level. I'm going to do it. So this, I think, is pretty important. And I think it's a pretty powerful, one of the wonderful things about podcasting. God damn it, I can't believe it. I'm just talking, 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 talking. That's what I do on my podcast. And my throat's beginning to say, hey, shut the fuck up. 
But this is not a class, so this is going to be just me dumping, dumping the way I do on a podcast, and uh, soon we'll be out and you can go and have lunch. Three. <laughs> ah, my favorite pet podcast. You can do it sober, you can do it high, and or drunk. Usually when I starting to get a little drunk, I decide I'm better to get a little high. If I smoke, if I go out and have a toke, slows down my beer consumption. I usually level off at about four pints, and I'm good. I've got a nice buzz going. And then sometimes I'll podcast. I, uh, I'm not safe necessarily to drive my car home from where it is, just on the record. Um, so I'll record. I'll sit in my car and uh, turn on the recorder and sort of reflect on the evening. What happened at the only cafe or, you know, who else was there and so on. It's, again, this is the beauty of something not being professional. This is, you're doing it for the love of doing it, you're doing it to share, and you're doing it to let your guard down. So I know I've listened back to some that have recorded drunk, and I'm, I'm embarrassed. Oh, my God, if my children ever heard this, what, what kind of an asshole is your father? Um, but it's, there's a freedom to that. And I think all of us, the reason so many people have so much anxiety and tension in their lives is they're not letting their guard down. They're just, you've got to keep up this front. It's like goddamn Facebook. Everybody, it's the best possible picture of everybody out there. Look, I'm happy, happier than you. And that really sucks. And I think doing a podcast, if you're honest at all, if you have any integrity, if you're being authentic, you're going to let out what you're feeling and, and whatever mood happens to be taking you. So I'm being a little facetious here with a high drunk and sober, but I mean, don't hide. Don't hide who you really are. Don't hide your true experience. Go, go for it. Let it out. Let it loose. Right? If you have any questions on any of these, go ahead and ask. You probably won't get a good answer. but um, Gets you out in the way. I love this part. Uh, and again, a lot of people, no, no, I got to be at home. I got to have my gear just right. I got to have this mic. I got to have this thing to hold the mic. I've got to have all this equipment in place. For me, podcasting or this kind of solo podcasting effort um, gets you out. I go to the park. I go to Bluffers Park four times a week. I'll go to... Uh, Grave sites, great places to park. Nice and quiet, kind of makes you focus a little bit. Whoa, there's dead people there. I'm going to be one of those one day. Um, away from all the other things that are sort of, you know, maybe bugging you. There's a tremendous freedom to it. Too often we get tired. I find I can't do a podcast for my computer because my computer represents work that I have to do. Uh, I have a business during the summer, and I'm, like I say, I'm teaching part-time, and so when I'm at the computer, I'm thinking of Things that have to be done, you know, the productive side of me. Whereas when I just get in the car, carry out my portable recorder and sit in the park bench somewhere and enjoy the sunshine, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a relief. I'm feeling a delight. Of course, it's easier to do when you're not holding down a nine-to-five job, and I'm not. But you can still do it. You can still find time in the evenings, on the weekends, early in the morning. People make excuses. Oh, I'd love to podcast, but I don't, I don't have the time. Fuck you. If you don't have time in your life to do something you want to do, even for 20 minutes, God damn it, what happened to you? I mean, seriously, that's, that's a big problem. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. This thing just says, hey, this is my time, this is me, this is what I want to do. 
And it doesn't matter if it's a, a great piece of art or, you know, wow, you've had, been inspired by some brilliant thought. It's not at all. Just go, let it out, clean back a piece of your life, claw back some of your life that everybody else is trying to take away from you. And that includes your friends, your families, your workmates, and everybody else. Do something for yourself. Come on. Oh, please. <coughs> Can't even do it in manual. There we are. All right. Fine reference. Last thing. To, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Too far. Too far. Too far. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, Find real friends who care. And I guess that's the last point. I, I can honestly say, in, in this room, I saw it in the Imperial Pub last night, looking around at some familiar faces. Um, you can make, because you've put yourself out there, in kind of an intimate way, you've revealed yourself, your inner self, you've revealed your, your frailty, your uh, anxieties, your fears, all the little things you let, let out during a podcast. And somebody else is listening a set of headphones, and they're hearing some of your inner thoughts, if you're honest. right? You're not selling something. You're just being who you are in that moment. It's very connecting. It's a wonderful closeness that comes about of that. And as a result, people get to know you, and you listen to somebody else who's a personal podcast, and I'll put up a list at the end. Um, you make this wonderful connection, as if you've known this person deeply for a long time. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So when I say find real friends who care, and again, this is about the, the theme of caring, you can. Those who don't like it, those, right, I mean, there's some people now, I'm sure, listening, my God, I don't ever want to hear that guy again, leave, and that's fine, that's good. People make these choices. That's a beautiful thing about podcasting. The freedom to choose who you want to listen to or not. And people find each other that way. It's a, it's a wonderful self-selective process. It's not like you turn on the radio and this is what you're going to hear. You choose who you want to follow. You choose who you care about. You choose who you think is being honest, who you might want to be friends with. And the more you listen, the more they listen to you, the closer you begin to feel. And you develop a really, really nice connection. And sometimes you haven't yet met them in real life. But you're still feeling this closeness. That's somebody I, I respect. That's somebody I value. Even if their political opinions, their religion, everything else is different, you're still making this connection. And above all, and I'll come back to this, what more could you want out of a hobby? And I guess maybe that, maybe that applies to any hobby, butterfly collecting or something. You're going you're gonna to meet people who say, hey, I got one of those too. But I think it's, it's a little different with podcasting. I think it goes just a little bit deeper because you're bearing your soul. You're revealing your frailties, who you are. And I think that's, uh, that just can't be underestimated, the, the importance of that. Because we live in a world where we're putting up layers of protection all the time. And uh, here we go. Any Questions and any of this. So these are these are just top of my head ten great things that I'm sure somebody else could come up with an entirely different list of ten great things about podcasting, or you can tell me later what I left out. But I'm going to leave it from there, and I'm going to try and go back to 
Um, the theme we are at, oh, come on. You know, it's Twitter that's fucking it up. I just had Twitter off. <laughs> damn Twitter. Go, go, disappear. It's not very professional. All right, I'm, all right, this is for the people who just came in late. Fuck you. But, but, <laughs> I mean that in the nicest of ways. Okay. Uh, the takeaways. I was kind of surprised when I had to fill out the form for this, your presentation. I realized, oh, you're supposed to actually teach them something or tell them something that they can, they can walk out and say, wow, I'm glad I went there. I learned this, this, and this. And, of course, I didn't have anything to, to actually give you. Uh, not like some of the wonderful presentations here, how are you going to build your listenership? In fact, if you listen too much to me or follow the things I've talked about, you're probably going to lose listeners. Your listenership will go down. I've watched it. When I, when I changed my brand, I messed with the brand, and I know this isn't a marketing section, but when I gave up Dixon Jeans and went over to Baby Sally Talks podcast, down like that. I mean, the bad things were said and so on. So I, I'm still paying the price of turning on my own brand, but uh, we'll deal with that later. The answer to that, of course, is fuck you. Um, all right. So the takeaways. I said I was going to talk about five things that you might talk away, and I'm, I'm trying to wind this down as quickly as possible. Um, who's in charge? This is critical. And again, I mentioned Bob at the beginning, giving me the name Scarborough Dude. I was able to go out as Scarborough Dude with no connection to Ken Bull, the guy who has a job. I have a contract with a company in Japan. Japan does not like stoners and potheads, and Scarborough Dude is a stoner and a pothead. And to be able to keep those things separate was amazing. It really, really saved me for 10 years. Now I finally come out of the closet. I don't care anymore. I'm feeling more secure, and I don't care what I say as my real name. I don't care if my college finds out. I've challenged them. But for the beginning days, I really needed that insulation. Uh, so the who's in charge here, I mean, if you're doing a podcast... Really think carefully about um, who's in control, who's in charge. Because I know a lot of people will be thinking about, well, geez, my mom listens, so i got to really be careful, because my mom doesn't like me swearing, even though I'm 42 years old. She, she doesn't care for it. Um, or, gee, my kids might listen. My kids, fortunately, don't. I'll, I'll be leaving this to them. They'll find it soon enough. Um, but you've got to make that decision. Are you going to take control? Are you going to be in charge? Are you going to be the voice that's going to decide what the terms are and what you're going to say and what your, your limits are? Or are you going to turn it over to the other people? Oh, well, my listeners might not like that, so I better yeah, go this way. Oh, there's somebody in my church, they're, they're probably going to listen to, so I better, better not do that or say that or express this opinion about religion in general. So that's critical before you start. Who's in charge? Who's really taking control of the podcast? Who's shaping the direction? Who's going to actually own it? Okay? That just can't be underestimated. Who's in charge? And you ask yourself that question. Is it you? Or is it your family, your friends, your co-workers, your boss, somebody else who might listen in? And believe me, when you're thinking in those terms, it dilutes your podcast. It becomes kind of kind of a little thinner than it might be if you just feel, hey, it's mine, I'll say what I fucking well feel like, and I don't care who's listening or what they think. It's a huge difference, all right? Next. 
Next. Where do you draw the lines? It's similar, it's related to the first question. Uh, there are things I don't talk about on my podcast. Uh, and I think you have to decide that very early on, on a personal podcast. Okay, how far are you going to go? I don't talk about my sex life on my podcast. Uh, for one, it'd be very boring, this state of my life. Um, but there's a lot of people involved. It's just an area that I'm just not comfortable sharing. The, the only thing I did do very early on, two things... Um, I used to be a little hash when I was back in university, and there was a time in my life when I had four ounces of hash that I'm so proud of today, and I can picture them exactly. It's like having the best possible wine uh, closet, you know, of uh, a collection. And so I'd buy an ounce, and I'd sell three quarters of it, and that would pay, and the other quarter ounce was mine, or I'd sell nickels and dimes. And probably around my fourth or fifth episode of just starting the Dixon Jeans, I said, I've got to say that, because that, that's a part of me. That's my history. That's part of who I am. And I crossed that line. I went, oh, yeah, all right. So, and so, oh, my God, you're a drug dealer? Well, no, I wasn't a drug dealer. It was just nickel and diamond stuff. It didn't matter that everybody was dealing drugs, but it was something I felt important to be clear about. Um, the other thing is, and this, this is even more important to me, um, when I was in my early 20s out in Vancouver, I was a bit of a mess. Uh, I finished university. I, I had no confidence. I, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going in life. And I suffered from something occasionally, which we know today as ED, erectile dysfunction. Oh, my God. <coughs> when you're in your 20s, you just want to put a gun to your head. Oh, my God. It's the old, I can't get it up. What am I going to do? I think I'll just kill myself because this is too, this is too painful. This is too embarrassing. This is too, Jesus Christ, what am I going to do about it? Nowadays, people talk about those things. The only reason I brought it up is because I'm so angry that everybody, the pharmaceutical companies, no, no, here's your answer. Just take one of these little blue pills and you'll be fine. That is not the answer. That is not the answer. And that's why I say one of the things about, uh, to me, podcasting, it's a political statement, a political act by stating what you feel, what you believe in. I am so angry about these goddamn ads that are on TV. Just take this pill and you'll be fine. Take care of your anxiety, your... Your, your fears, everything else. I came clean early on. That was a line I felt it was important to cross because I knew how I suffered when I was in my 20s. The answer to me was group therapy. I went through eight weeks of intensive group therapy, eight hours a day, five days a week. Absolutely wonderful. Completely changed my life. Gave me a new perspective on what it is to be human and how frail we all are and how much so many of us just hide it behind all these facades because, hey, i got to be. Cool, i got to be out there. i got to be, you know, this or that. Coming clean on a podcast and revealing something like that. Maybe it's going to help somebody else. Maybe it's just going to make you feel better that, hey, I dealt with this. I faced up to my anxieties. I faced up to my fears. I faced up to my problems. And if you can share that, all the better. And I think anybody in this room knows we need to be doing more of that today. So those are the lines, right? Somebody might know, I'm not comfortable going there. I don't want to talk about that. Um, I don't talk much about my marriage. Too much on it, you know. It, it's kind of it's in that mushy area of gee, where do I go? My wife doesn't listen. That's fine, but uh, how private do you want to be? And I, I think that's up to each individual. But my challenge would be challenge the lines, see if maybe you can cross a couple more, and you might get a little more out of it. All right. <coughs> What's your podcast worth? I put this up as a joke actually because I needed five takeaways. What's your podcast worth? Who the hell knows? It's, they're worthless. They're worth nothing. Um, 
they're worth a hell of a lot. They're worth something to you personally. And I, I think, like I said, throw that out there to throw back to you. It's a question you should be thinking about. You should be asking, what is your podcast worth? What does it amount to? What does it... What is the value of it? Um, for me, it's made me a lot of friends. That's priceless. Um, I thought it was going to enlighten me about myself, and I find I'm even more confused about who I am now than before I even started this, and so I don't think it really uh, served as a therapeutic tool, which I thought it might. I did get some reflections, but I found out I just took two months off podcasting, went to Australia, stayed with some friends, real-life friends, and found I learned a hell of a lot more from interacting with my friends without this filter of the podcast between us, of just talking to friends and having them judge me or call me out on something and me call them out, uh, was of more value than any amount of reflecting into this. So, gee, am I this, am I that, or what's going on? So, make of that what you will. What's your podcast worth? I think amateur podcasting or personal podcasting, without any government intervention, without any threat of lawyers, because I play whatever music I want to play on it, is a very, very important thing and something that we should be expressing as much as we can. I think there's an awful lot of our, our culture, our, our sick North American society teaches us watch TV, find out what's happening with Kim Kardashian, fuck you, and that's what's important. You're not important. You're the little guy. All you have to do is buy the products. But as a personality, you know, you're not important. You're, you're nobody. And to me, personal podcasting is saying, hey, 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 I'm a person. You know, I'm a special snowflake, you know. Um, but our voices, our individual voices, are worth far more than any bloody ad you'll ever see on television. And I think the, the importance of sharing that, that's, that's value. That's wealth. Expressing yourself, making new friends. That's, that counts. That's priceless. And uh, we've got to be doing more of that. There's a little drunkenness such a bad thing. Well, again, I, had, I needed five things I came up with. Um, I spent an entire summer in the Yukon. If you've listened to my podcast, in fact, my last one on the BBC Solid Talks, I spent an entire two months in the Yukon drunk around the clock. It's beautiful. I'm not recommending this to anybody because it took me a while to get back to normal. But you woke up and you knew, oh my God, if I sober up now, I am going to feel like shit. So the first thing you do is you go in for breakfast at the Taku Lounge and you order a Caesar and a beer chaser and you start your day that. And everything is going to be okay. Two months left. A wonderful experience. It's a luxury that few people can afford. I'm very glad I did it. Um, that was more than a little drunkenness. I guess, what do I mean by that? Why did I put that up? Was a little drunkenness? Maybe I mean a little silliness. Be yourself, for Christ's sake. Don't take yourself so goddamn seriously. You know, let go. Let go. That's kind of what it's out there for, right? Be crazy. Get high. Tease friends. Be rude to people. You know? Do something stupid once in a while. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, not a comment from anybody. <laughs> All right. Ah, the meaning of life. The meaning of life. I think I got a little pizzazz for this one. Yeah, the meaning of life. Whoa. Um, I, I see that didn't draw that many people in. I thought, man, as soon as they see this, 
Every other room is going to be empty. Everybody's going to be here. Some guy's going to tell us the meaning of life. Holy shit, man. Can't miss that. That is worth the price of PodCamp alone. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I know the answer. I think that's the wrong question. But in all seriousness, the meaning of life is friendship. It is about friends. It is about letting your guard down. It is about loving another person. It's about caring. And here's where I get crying and teary, and it's been happening to me lately. And I said, Ken, don't cry today in front of people. It's not cool. But I mean it. We live in a very frightening world. It's frightening to be a goddamn human. We're fucking animals. We, we, you know that. We're, we're beasts. We've got to find a little bit of love and tenderness and care amongst ourselves. You can pick your nose, you can't pick your family, right? But you can pick your friends, and you can choose them, and you'll find them, and they'll find you, and you nurture them. And again, this last trip, but I just came back from two months traveling around <coughs> with people who didn't know me as a podcaster. They didn't care. And I remember one night I was sitting in a park, six in the morning, high, in Melbourne, screaming at a friend, a good friend. I hadn't seen him for 14 years, and I was shouting at him, you I put out this Dixon James podcast for 10 years. I created a persona. I was the Scarborough dude. I was somebody. I did something. I'm proud of my creativity. And you never fucking listened to one show. You didn't even know about it. You didn't care. And after I invented, after I got all this out, and he's looking at me, whoa, where's this coming from? I suddenly realized, whoa, it doesn't matter in the least. This business of podcasting, or they care what matters is, hey, I did something for 10 years that was happy for me. This guy was, had a whole life during that time that I didn't know anything about. Here's me thinking I'm measuring it by this podcast thing. But in fact, what was really important was the friendship we shared and put that aside and just get back to connecting, to laughing, to hugging, to drinking together, to talking together, to caring about each other. And it was just an absolutely wonderful, joyous, deep profound, great feeling. I'm going to leave it on that note. And uh, thank you for coming in. And if there are any questions, either ask me now or ask me tonight uh, over a beer. That's when I'm at my best. Try and catch me before I step outside for a talk because then conversation tends to go off the line a little bit. All right? I think there is, I was going to put up one more thing of personal podcast, you can't see it, maybe you can take a picture, I'll send it to you, there's a lot out here of people who do things similar to what I used to do at Dixon James um, ask me if you want it, I'll send you a list of names I think the only one I forgot I told you last night was uh, uh, that guy there what's your name again sir? Uh, Brent. Brent, Brent Closet Geek is coming back, joining us again after uh, taking a break uh, these are people who are just not selling anything, not trying to prove anything, just kind of letting it go, they're interesting. These are, these are, there's a, there is a community. I think of us as a subculture within the whole podcasting community. There is a subculture of personal solo podcasters uh, who just want to share and talk. So you can find them. And uh, we'll leave it there again. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, if you want to contact me, I'm very happy to do it. Uh, DixonJames at gmail.com. That's where you'll find me. Thank you for your attention. Nice lunch.